This episode of the MedBullet Step 1 podcast will go over the topic of systemic lupus erythematosus from the musculoskeletal section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 26-year-old woman presents to the dermatology clinic for fatigue, weakness, and fevers for the past month. She reports significant weight loss despite eating a normal diet. She reports that she sunburns very easily and has a facial rash that is hard to cover with makeup. On physical exam, she has a butterfly rash with nasolabial sparing on her face, several discoid lesions on her fingers, and an erythematous rash on her chest in a V-neck distribution. On laboratory exam, she has a highly positive anti-nuclear antibody and positive anti-double-stranded DNA antibody. Now, let's get into the episode. As a quick introduction, the clinical definition of systemic lupus erythematosus is a systemic autoimmune disease characterized by acute flares commonly presenting with rash, joint pain, and fever. Multiple organ systems are involved, including renal, neurologic, dermatologic, cardiovascular, and hematologic. With respect to epidemiology, as far as demographics, systemic lupus erythematosus is more common in female patients of reproductive age, as well as patients of African-American, Asian, or Hispanic descent. Risk factors include family history, oral contraceptive use, hormone replacement therapy, and other autoimmune diseases. In terms of pathogenesis of systemic lupus erythematosus, it is unknown but thought to be an interaction among immune dysfunction, genetic factors, and environmental factors. Autoantibodies precipitate immune complexes in multiple organs, including kidneys, skin, and brain. Know that this is a form of type 3 hypersensitivity reaction. The pathogenesis also involves polyclonal activation of B cells with the production of autoantibodies against DNA. Complement factors and cytokines also play a key role. Environmental triggers include sunlight, which leads to the photosensitive rash, infection, and drugs. A good mnemonic to remember the drugs that may trigger systemic lupus erythematosus is HIP, H-I-P, where H stands for hydralazine, I stands for isoniazid, and P stands for procainamide. Associated conditions with systemic lupus erythematosus includes antiphospholipid syndrome, lupus nephritis, drug-induced lupus, Liebman-Sachs endocarditis, and Raynaud's phenomenon. In the setting of antiphospholipid syndrome, there is an increased risk of thrombosis and an increased risk of atherosclerosis. In the setting of lupus nephritis, you will have anti-DNA immune complex deposition in the glomeruli, as well as nephritic or nephrotic syndrome, where diffuse proliferative is the most common and most severe type. Moving on to drug-induced lupus, these patients are typically positive for anti-nuclear antibody and anti-histone antibody. Drug-induced lupus will typically be without renal or neurologic involvement, and know that complement level is typically normal. Liebman-Sachs endocarditis is a non-infectious endocarditis characterized by thrombi on the mitral or aortic valves. As far as the prognosis of systemic lupus erythematosus, these patients often have recurrent flares. Moving on to presentation, symptoms of systemic lupus erythematosus includes constitutional symptoms like fatigue, fever, or weight loss, arthralgias, and serositis, such as pericarditis, pleural effusion, or myocarditis. On physical exam, cutaneous findings include a malar rash, which is a raised or flat erythematous butterfly rash on the cheek nose and spares the nasolabial fold. Discoid lesions are erythematous raised plaques with keratotic scales and follicular plugging. Other cutaneous findings include photosensitive rashes and oral ulcers. Neurologic findings include behavioral changes, stroke, seizures, headache, as well as a potential change in psychiatric status. Renal findings include hematuria and proteinuria. As far as studies to obtain in the setting of systemic lupus erythematosus, 
Labs should include certain antibodies like anti-nuclear antibody or ANA, anti-double-stranded DNA or DSDNA antibody, anti-Smith antibody, which is an antibody to SNRNPs, and anti-histone antibody. So anti-nuclear antibody, or ANA, is the best initial test, which has a high sensitivity but low specificity. Anti-double-stranded DNA antibody often rises during flares, has a high specificity but low sensitivity, it is a poor prognostic factor, and often indicates renal disease. Anti-Smith antibody, which again is an antibody to SNRNPs, or small nuclear ribonucleoproteins, this has high specificity, actually more so than anti-double-stranded DNA, but it has low sensitivity. Finally, antihistone antibody has high sensitivity for drug-induced lupus. Labs in the setting of systemic lupus erythematosus may also reveal low complement levels during a flare, specifically decreased C3, C4, and CH50. There may also be an increased erythrocyte sedimentation rate, pancytopenia, specifically leukopenia, thrombocytopenia, or hemolytic anemia, and elevated partial thromboplastin time, or PTT where lupus anticoagulant increases the risk for thrombi and miscarriages and is associated with antiphospholipid syndrome. Other studies to obtain include a urinalysis, which may reveal proteinuria or hematuria, which may indicate renal disease. Making the diagnosis of systemic lupus erythematosus is based on clinical presentation and laboratory studies. Diagnosis is confirmed with four or more criteria from RASH NIA4, where R stands for renal disease, A stands for arthralgias, S stands for serositis, H stands for hematologic abnormalities, the N stands for neurologic abnormalities, the I stands for immunologic derangements, the second A stands for antinuclear antibodies, and the four represents four types of rashes, which include malar, discoid, photosensitive, and oral ulcers. The differential diagnosis for systemic lupus erythematosus includes acne rosacea and sarcoidosis. Distinguishing factors between acne rosacea and systemic lupus erythematosus is that acne rosacea has erythematous papules and pustules on the face without nasolabial sparing and no other systemic findings. The distinguishing factors between sarcoidosis and systemic lupus erythematosus is that sarcoidosis will have adenopathy, restrictive lung disease, and skin findings of lupus pernio rather than malar rash, discoid lesions, or ulcers. As far as treatment for systemic lupus erythematosus, as far as the management approach, antimalarials are often used alongside steroids for acute flares. Management is often dictated by specific organ involvement. Conservative management includes use of sunscreen and avoiding sun exposure. This is indicated for all patients. Medical management can include non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs or NSAIDs, antimalarials, steroids, immunosuppressants, and bilibumab. So non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs or NSAIDs are indicated for arthralgias. Antimalarials are indicated for dermatologic findings and joint pain and is often used in conjunction with other medications, including steroids. Drugs can include hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine. Potential side effects of antimalarials include risk of retinopathy. Steroids are indicated for acute flares, and drugs include prednisone. Moving on to immunosuppressants, these are indicated in patients not responsive to steroids, patients unable to tolerate steroid tapers, and in those patients with lupus nephritis. Drugs include azathioprine, methotrexate, mycophenolate for patients with lupus nephritis, and cyclophosphamide also for patients with lupus nephritis. Finally, moving on to bilibumab, the indication for this drug is patients not responsive to steroids or other immunosuppressants. The mechanism of bilibumab is inhibiting B cells. Finally, let's end this review session talking about complications of systemic lupus erythematosus. 
Causes of death in systemic lupus erythematosus include infections, renal disease, and cardiovascular disease. Lupus nephropathy can be fatal. Know that cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death in patients with systemic lupus erythematosus, and this includes Liebman-Sachs endocarditis, hypertension, and cardiac tamponade. Another potential complication of systemic lupus erythematosus is thrombosis. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, A 31-year-old woman presents to her primary care physician with a two-month history of joint pain. She says that she has been getting increasing joint pain in her hands and feet and has been interfering with her ability to work as a secretary. Furthermore, she has noticed she has been getting numerous oral ulcers over the same time period, even though she never had ulcers before. Her husband is worried because she sometimes appears to be confused and acts erratically during these times. Physical exam reveals edema of the legs bilaterally and a new systolic murmur, best heard in the right upper sternal border around the second rib. Which of the following types of hypersensitivity is most likely responsible for this patient's edema? And the choices are 1, type 1, 2, type 2, 3, type 3, 4, type 4, and 5, types 2 and 3. The correct answer to this question is 3, type 3. So this patient who presents with joint pain, oral ulcers, neurologic findings, peripheral edema, and a new systolic murmur most likely has systemic lupus erythematosus. Lupus nephritis is due to a type 3 hypersensitivity reaction. Systemic lupus erythematosus is an autoimmune disease that is classically characterized by acute flares with rash, joint pain, and fever being common presenting symptoms. Cutaneous findings include a malar rash that spares the cheeks, a discoid rash with follicular plugging and scale, aphthous ulcers, and a photosensitivity rash. Lupus can also involve many organ systems with renal, neurologic, cardiovascular, and hematologic manifestations in different patients. Notably, some of these manifestations, such as lupus nephritis, are caused by the deposition of immune complexes with subsequent proteinuria and hematuria. Other manifestations, such as anemia, are caused by direct antibody cross-reactivity with endogenous antigens on the red blood cells. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, type 1 hypersensitivity is caused by IgE-linked release of vasoactive amines. This type of hypersensitivity is most commonly seen with atopic disorders such as anaphylaxis or allergic rhinitis. Answers 2 and 5 are incorrect, as type 2 hypersensitivity involves the direct binding of antibodies to endogenous antigens. Some aspects of lupus, for example anemia, involve type 2 hypersensitivity. However, the edema due to lupus nephritis is a type 3 hypersensitivity reaction. And finally, answer 4, type 4 hypersensitivity reaction involves the targeting of endogenous cells by killer CD8-positive T-cells. This type of hypersensitivity is most commonly seen with type 1 diabetes and contact dermatitis. To leave you with a bullet summary, lupus nephritis is caused by a type 3 hypersensitivity reaction with deposition of immune complexes in the glomeruli. And moving on to the final question. A 31-year-old woman presents to her primary care physician for a one-month history of intermittent fevers. She says that the fevers have been accompanied by fatigue as well as pain in her shoulders and knees bilaterally. Physical exam reveals a rash over her cheeks and the bridge of her nose, as well as petechiae, over her trunk. Her past medical history is significant for childhood asthma that has since resolved. She has not taken any medications for the last several years. Laboratory tests reveal a platelet count of 45,000 per cubic millimeter. Antibodies to which of the following would most likely also be seen in this patient? And the choices are 1. Deoxyribonucleic acid topoisomerase, 2. Helicase and synthetase, 
three histones, four small nuclear ribonucleoproteins, and five U1 ribonucleoprotein. The correct answer to this question is four small nuclear ribonucleoproteins. So this patient who is experiencing intermittent fever, fatigue, arthralgias, malar rash, and thrombocytopenia most likely has systemic lupus erythematosus, which is associated with antibodies to small nuclear ribonucleoproteins. To quickly review once again, systemic lupus erythematosus is a systemic autoimmune disease with flares that presents with fever, joint pain, and rash. The rash seen in a lupus flare can be a malar rash on the cheeks or discoid rashes with scaling. In addition to these acute manifestations, systemic effects of lupus include cardiovascular, hematologic, neurologic, and renal complications. Cardiovascular findings include pericarditis or myocarditis. Hematologic findings include anemia or thrombocytopenia. Neurologic findings include headaches or strokes. And renal complications include hematuria or proteinuria. Laboratory testing will reveal antinuclear antibodies, antibodies to double-stranded DNA, and antibodies to small nuclear ribonucleoproteins. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, antibodies to deoxyribonucleic acid topoisomerase are characteristic of scleroderma. However, this disease would present with skin tightening, Raynaud phenomenon, and esophageal dysmotility. Answer 2, antibodies to helicase and synthetase would be seen in dermatomyositis, which can also present with a rash. However, this disease would present with proximal muscle weakness rather than fever and arthralgias. Answer 3, antibodies to histones are highly specific for drug-induced lupus. However, this patient has not taken any medications in years and is unlikely to have a drug-induced etiology to her illness. Finally, answer 5, antibodies to U1 ribonucleoprotein are seen in mixed connective tissue disease, which can have all the features seen in lupus. However, this disease will have features from scleroderma and polymyositis as well. There are no findings from those other diseases in this patient, so lupus is a more likely explanation for this patient's symptoms. To leave you with a bullet summary, systemic lupus erythematosus flares will present with fever, arthralgias, and either a malar or a discoid rash. That's all for this review about systemic lupus erythematosus. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the MedBullets Step 1 podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.